Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Gray and I'm chatting with Phila De Lloyd ahead of the release of her fabulous new film herself. So just wondering if you could give me a little bit of a description of the film from your point of view. Yeah, it's a story of a woman who runs from an abusive relationship, taking her two children with her and ends up in emergency accommodation in a hotel with absolutely no prospect of any social housing becoming available to her. So she decides to take matters into her own hands and plans to build her own house with her own hands in the middle of a city. And it's really about what happens when you you kind of ask for help and you have your plan and it sort of fails, but other other help comes from other angles. It's about what happens if you kind of put it out there. And it's looking at um, an abusive, uh, an abused so-called character as not a victim, but somebody who is in many ways a kind of a hero of her own life, who is who is just determined to um, to create a home for her kids. And definitely, yeah, not a victim, a survivor. But and I think there's one thing that's it's just so impressive is is the agency. And again, I, I, I dealing with topics that heavy. There's such optimism and what's the word humor throughout it which yeah like I think that you can have like a description of the film but I sort of it doesn't do the nuance warmth and joy in the film even justice because even re- I was reading the description earlier and I was like god like it's just it's an enjoyable watch from beginning to end which a lot of say films that deal with homelessness or issues or anything like that can be tough I mean, I think that was one of the things that really struck me when I first read the screenplay was how Claire's wit and, and you know, without wanting to stray into cliche about Ireland, that um, how even when the chips are down, you know, the one-liners, the crack is coming in from the side just to relieve the sheer hell of the situation. And I think... I, I found that very much, very kind of compelling in her writing that um, Sandra, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of wit and humour in, in, in it. But I, I sort of felt people have said to me, gosh, the tone, you know, how did you, how would you describe it, this kind of, and I kind of, you know, I don't know whether it's Claire and me both feeling that, you know, you can be in the midst of, death and disaster but comedy and tragedy lie very very close side by side um that seemed very kind of natural to us in a way and you do that you have these kind of smaller moments again there's there's a lot of nuance throughout the film in the relationships within the film and then capturing um what is a beautiful kind of mother-daughter relationship and even exploring what PTSD is it's all you know it's not this is a huge big moment it's lots of little small moments that kind of that grip you and by the end of it I think you just as a viewer you feel like you've been on this stunning journey so actually you go back about reading the script so again you've you've done some huge humongous films what kind of made you step and 
and pick this as your next one? So when I was, I was working with Claire and Harriet in the theatre um, on a series of all-female Shakespeare plays set in women's prisons where we'd been very preoccupied by um, the impact of domestic abuse on women's lives and their journeys into the criminal justice system. And Claire had had a friend who had run from an abusive marriage partnership and been had to declare herself homeless in Dublin. And she was possessed with a kind of fury at the injustice, the lack of social housing and the lack of provision and the lack of a kind of harbour for, for, for women in this way. And she started thinking, I wonder if what would happen if this woman actually got to just build her own house for herself. And so she started googling she found dominic stevens the architect on whom we built whose house we we built um and she because we were working together she gave me the screenplay one day to read and it wasn't like will you direct this it's more what do you think of this and i was immediately struck by her instinctive sense of for someone who'd never written a screenplay before, her sense of the proportion of a screenplay, you know, how the relationship between words and silence and images and words and, and, and the way in which she told this very grueling, harrowing story with such kind of freshness and, and, and spirit and yes, humor, our wit. And um, so I, I was thinking, well, you know, this this has to be directed by somebody who knows the city, who knows the territory, and I'll just kind of be supportive and give feedback. Um, but gradually, of course, I got more and more sucked into it. And other projects that I was thinking about just began to literally fall out of my mind, more and more focused on it. And... I also was really focused on the fact that Claire was struggling to get work on screen. We'd been, we'd taken our productions to New York and she was auditioning in the film world. And as you know, she has a birthmark on one of her eyes and in a world of, um, you know, immaculate perfection for women, she was really struggling with that. And I was thinking, you know, to hell with this. This woman is an absolutely extraordinary talent, uh, an acting talent, writing, whatever. But, but she has to be. She has to be seen on screen. She has to get work, and this is ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, all of these things were happening kind of in parallel. But gradually, I began to think, you know, if I did this then I could make this a kind of, I'll do this, but Claire has to play the lead. And if that, they decide to get another director because I'm making that the condition, then so be it, but let's just go for it. And we then just got great support from Element and Ed Guiney and Sharon Horgan, who knew that, you know, raising the money would be harder with an unknown actress at the centre. And then it, was probably even harder when I said, I don't really want to have to cast so-called stars in the other roles. 
just to justify having Claire because I thought, oh, it's going to be all be become about, you know, the other characters and this has got to be about her. So I started getting kind of wrangling this and what, saying, you know, I really want to just have a great cast of an Irish ensemble, the best actors. And so then the discussion was, well, maybe I should take the budget down to, so that we didn't have to worry about casting stars. And everybody was like, are you sure about this? Because, you know, money equals time on a film. And have you, will you have enough time to make it? So I just, I don't know. I was bungee jumping, but knowing instinctively that I wanted it to be about Claire and about Sandra. And so that's how we ended up shooting it in five weeks. And, um, but I guess because we were, Claire Harriet and I particularly were, had a really big history. There was a lot of trust. There was a lot of preparation. There was a lot of, if something didn't work, we were able to just regroup. Claire was the writer. She could write some more lines or whatever. And we were able to somehow, and I was, you know, lucky to work with a great Irish DP, Tom Comerford, who saved me from myself in many places. But I wanted to sort of somehow, I wanted to, just because it was fast and furious, I wanted to make sure that it still had beauty and poetry. And he helped me, I guess, try to, try to find that, even though we were, you know, running like mad women from A to B. And it, again, you get that sense of camaraderie and the, the film, I suppose, is about that in, in a lot of ways. Um, how, what stage did you come on board for the script? So you were kind of approached for notes and then maybe then had a chat with Element that you wanted to do it or would it have been like an informal chat? Like, I'm, I'm just curious about the, the process of how films get made, really. I think that Claire, whether all of this is in the right order, I don't know. And she would remember exactly the order, probably. Um, but she started writing it. She, she was asking for feedback. She... had some small grant maybe from Screen Ireland or some kind of development grant. So that was help it. That was, that was happening. And then at some point she wrote to Sharon Horgan and Sharon loved the screenplay, but hadn't produced a, a film before. And so we then went, well, there's this company element. And, and so we then made contact with Ed Guiney and he and Sharon were like, well, we, we both like this script and we'd love to work together. So they then became, um, you know, they said they'd take it on. And I was sort of, by the time we met Sharon, I think I was, had said to Claire, you know, I'd love to direct it. Um, but, you know, these things, you know, you know, are really long processes. And, and what is good is that, you know, it's three public bodies that have paid for this. The, the 
Screen Ireland, um, the BBC Films and the British Film Institute. And this is all public money. Um, each of those bodies, incidentally, headed up by, or in our case, the lead person was great women, um, all of whom were passionate about the script. But, you know, they really do due diligence to their, I would say, customers, the taxpayer. And so they put you through a really rigorous um, script development process. But I would say that it's pretty, and, and, you know, sometimes that can become, for a director and writer who's thinking of sodding hell, let's get this out of development, we just want to make this thing. Um, but I would say that the taste amongst us, you know, was there was a lot of synchronicity and they were very helpful and they gave great notes. And then Malcolm Campbell came on board in the kind of latter stages of it. I think the BBC felt that, you know, a large number of their films, um, they bring on a second writer in the final stage to kind of kick the thing over the line and in some way relieve Claire from having, you know, Claire had to start thinking about playing the lead and she'd written herself this almighty role in which every single scene there was something enormous to pull off and or not every single but you know what I mean there were a number of like oh and another thing you know um and so that was you know that was another part of the process where she moved from being really the writer to being the the lead and of course, she always she remained the writer because she was there on the set. But um, it was an interesting part of the process. And Malcolm was able to look at what we were doing with a with an outside eye, which was really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Because she, I always wonder how it's how difficult it is to take to share hats, like to to go. Okay, well, look, I'm directing this section but you know I have a producing role and I can imagine that it's very you know it's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of let go of one element as well um but yes I mean I, I think that's always hard and I think you know that there's lots of uh, but I think that ultimately she knew that the power was was then going to be in the performance you know once she got once we we'd really agreed the screenplay was where we wanted it to be she was free to be able to somehow perform it as if the writing was someone else's and there was such a an amazing sense of her i mean she said she felt she was kind of shedding skins as she as she went through this trial it was almost like a sort of religious kind of passion she was going through she was sort of bearing witness for all these women who had been in this situation and and sort of tearing off these skins and throwing them down and then moving on to the next kind of trial of Sandra um, and we shot it quite chronologically so it was sort of you know escalating to the trial and and all that happens uh, thereafter um, just when you think the film is ended um and so it was a very it was like 
almost not like acting. I mean, there was a moment where, you know, I showed it to someone and they just said, these aren't actors. And I thought, well, that's a compliment. That's because that's what, really what we were going for. That this is really happening. And um, the children helped that because, you know, the children are either, it's either totally natural or totally fake with kids. And those children were quite remarkable. Um, yeah. Definitely watching it, there was an emotional truthfulness to it. And when you get again to, to the scenes when it's in court, it's very difficult to watch because it's too true. Do you know? You've, it's screened now at a few festivals. How has the response been? I can imagine I can imagine a story like this is very personal for people to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think we were quite overwhelmed in America where people stood up at screenings at the queue and it was first of all stood up for Claire. You know, it was amazing, the first performance of it. Um, but people stood up in the kind of Q&A and said, this is me or I was one of those children when my mother picked me up and ran from my father. Um, that people, so many people, and people from real middle-class families who had been um, in this situation, had been somebody in the story. Um, so I think that really overwhelmed us. And when we, we waited afterwards outside and people were coming and, and saying, you know, I know this person, I know that person as if the idea that it only exists this world is a sort of you know it, it only exists in extreme poverty we know there's an economic signifier you know a factor in this but at the same time it's a much more common experience than maybe many people know and of course horrifyingly so during this last six months where we know people are, are stuck in, you know, isolation where abuse can happen with kind of some kind of impunity because people are, you know, apparently have the excuse to stay behind closed doors. It's, and where, where do you run to in a pandemic? You no, know, it's so oddly the film, you know, we finished it just before Sundance and the last six months seems to have just sort of sharpened its focus, these themes of isolation in an, in an abusive relationship and then community and how we've all started to think about how good are we as neighbours? You know, what is our, what is our responsibility as a neighbour in, as a community uh, to each other? Um, so I hope that it will, you know, we want it to be a spur to, um, to social action, to political change. Um, we need more social housing. We need to bring rents down. Um, we need more refuge for women. We need men to um, stop. It's not just men, but I'm just saying the majority of cases of abuse will be will be men on women um that but also we want it to be a spur 
for women. We want it to inspire the possibility that that change is possible and that there may be a way out. Um, we're not being, this is not a fairy story. Um, it's, it, it, it needs us all to participate um, in this. Definitely. I think watching this film, and again, I know, I know everywhere kind of suffers from it, but there's a deep um, misogyny, I think, in Irish culture that stems from the fact that for so long, a lot of our laws, and I, I think there's still elements of it there, were from, like, historically were created with kind of a Catholic ethos in mind. And if you look at, I still think, like, it permeates a lot of, different areas. So I think in, in our recent government, they've defunded a lot of the women's charities or they've cut back on funding for a lot of women's charities. And even things like, you'll just see it throughout lots of small areas like that, where I think for a long time in Irish culture, you just don't talk about things. You don't air your laundry in public and you'd, you know, you'd make, you'd crack a few jokes. Like that would always be the way gallo humors is gallo humors is a big part of it, but you don't talk about things. And I think the last referendum we had, a lot of women were talking about women's issues. Um, cause I do think again, like with domestic abuse, there's, there's a huge shame in it. Um, oh. again, it shouldn't be, but it's, it's there. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of it is women have been gaslighted for so long that they, yeah blame themselves yeah they they think they're complicit in some way yeah you know why didn't you leave why didn't you leave why didn't you leave and I think films like this and there's been there's been great films about domestic abuse but again this film feels just the most authentic one that I've ever seen you know um and it does something and a little bit like it you know it gives Claire's character has such agency has such power and it's a very healing thing to watch because it's almost like a kind of beautiful reimagining of someone taking back that agency. And um, I don't kind of want to give too much away, but it really deals with that so long. But I think it definitely settles in Irish culture so well, which is, sorry, I'm going back to my point in somewhat of a, of a wider route. But like, yeah, all are, I don't know. I think, I think things are shifting here very, very slowly. Um, and I think they have been for the past few years. And we've been shirking off those ideologies in in a lot of ways. But it, I think once the film like this is so important because as COVID happens, it's very easy to regress. It's very easy when times are hard for like culture to kind of shirk backwards and get more conservative again. You can see it's happening in the States. So I, I again, I just want to say how important this film and the way it tackles those films with or those themes with such empathy and such thoughtfulness is, is excellent. Anyway, so that, that isn't even a question. That's just me saying, I love it. Anyway, really authentically, like, think that it's a very important film. Thank you. And again, well, <laughs> do you know, it feels very truthful to watch. Like, and I think that's what great art does. Thanks, Gemma. Yeah, thanks a lot. Go back to the questions though, sorry. <laughs> like watching it again, like you just, and it does it in such a beautiful way and it's, it's very subtle, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
anyway, but just to get back to like the logistics of shooting something like that in such a short time, because there's a massive time frame to that, and there's so much physical building that has to happen as well. Yeah, I mean the just for the for the real kind of those who are interested in the process of it actually you know you would normally especially on a low budget film you would want to go to a location and shoot all the scenes that are take place on that location but of course we couldn't do that so we had to build a house um claire and i'd been on a a year before in preparation for the film we went on a we went to the center for alternative technology in wales and we went on a timber frame house building course um which was our prep for then helping the actors, the rest of the actors to be part of this. But we had to, um, you know, build, we had to get, first of all, use the digger, you know, to scrape the ground. And then we had to go away while they built the foundations. Then we had to shoot that. Then we had to go away again. So it, that wasn't particularly cost effective in terms of use of time. And in five weeks, you know, you have no time. So, I guess it was just a matter of preparation and brilliant um, director of photography, Tom Comerford, who helped me plan it. And I think that one of the things I wanted to do was really shoot what I wanted to see and stay close to Sandra. So, um, you know, we didn't always cover everything from every which way because I just knew sort of where I wanted to be looking. And of course, all those rules were made to be broken and some things were harder to plan because there was no house at the beginning. So you couldn't go, well, let's put the camera there or there. You were like, uh, what? I wonder what this would be like. Um, and then there were kids and, you know, they're only allowed to work certain hours and, you you know with children however instinctive they are they get tired and especially if you're repeating takes again and again so there were a lot of logistical challenges but i think the fundamental thing was rehearsal um rehearsal with the camera rehearsal with the children and and kind of something to do with the trust between you know a lot of those actors like Kathy Belton like Ian um who come from the theatre like Conleth who come Harriet Clare all those that that core they all come from the theatre where you've got to be you know you've got to be prepared to bungee jump because who knows what the hell is going to happen in front of a live audience and those kinds of actors are very adept on a movie set at being able to take change and improvisation and subtle shifting. And so I don't know how we finished on time, but maybe we didn't. We ran over a little, but not enough to upset the apple cart too much. Fabulous. And did you, in the edit process, was that a long thing as well because again I think with things that involve construction you have you kind of script supervisors I presume have to be on the ball there yes I mean interestingly I felt very bad for Christine our wonderful script supervisor who 
you know, kept us in, on track in terms of who was wearing what scarf on what day and what morning and who changed their socks. And, and in the end, I completely threw all that out the window as the structure. I mean, w- what came together really well in the editing process was the structure of a scene. In fact, I shot quite a few scenes on one shot maybe one other shot but where and and, and somehow the, the the kind of the parts of it those par- internal parts um came together quite easily um but the actual momentum of of Sandra's um the the early journey and and how much momentum we gave and I think that was the thing that we we wanted to feel that, you know, this wasn't somebody who just sat on their arse all day kind of um, waiting for social services to come and dig them out. This was someone who was working there, you know, working like a fiend. That's one of the common misconceptions that people go, they're like, oh, well, you don't, you get a free house. I'm like, no one gets a free house. Yeah. Oh, you get, you get all these supports. I was like, if you don't have like a full like if you don't have like a full-time free childcare minder in your family, like what are you supposed to do as well? Like there's, there's so little. There's yeah. so little given. Yeah. So that I did we were really keen to show that she was working every hour she had spare. Um and so yeah, what, what the point I was gonna make was just that, you know, they say a film is made three times the third time in the edit and um i think what we did know was that we had the beginning and the end and that's always with any any piece of drama of any kind is is quite um is reassuring knowing what your starting point is we we did a lot of um wrangling of how how explicit to be with the violence we shot a, a horrifying sequence of 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 the opening i'll do that again because of that ping we shot a horrifying opening sequence and in the end i decided to stay again close to what was in sandra's head which was that the ptsd meant that a lot of it was blocked out until it came out um a lot of it was suppressed and coming out in fragments and that you didn't necessarily need to see every ghastly smash of her um, at the beginning um, that it would emerge and the audience could also intuit the amount of trauma that she'd suffered. Um, So yeah, all parts of the process, the development of the script, the shoot, the edit were kind of incredibly rich and you know we were open all the way to the way it might go just as you know we we tried to be open we didn't know we were going to shoot we were going to have you know a brazilian actress and a russian actor and we we knew we were looking for a kind of diverse group but it might have been you know a spanish actress and a polish actor or a um it it was it was about being sort of open and listening listening to people um the whole way along trying 
course. And I was going to say just from, you know, when you had maybe the, the original treatment before you went through the, the vigorous um, script edits, and then when you have your final, say, synopsis written out, what would be the biggest changes that would have kind of happened over the course of the development and edit? God, I don't know. I mean, I think that the biggest shift probably along the journey was an irising down towards Sandra. Um, There were other characters that we gradually began to feel perhaps were sucking the energy from her and that in order to really clearly mark this as a film as opposed to a piece of television, um, I mean, that's, you know, a real moot point as to what is, what is, what's the difference. But in my guts, I felt that for this to be a movie, there's a, there's a kind of St. Bridget mythic vein about Sandra. And if you stay with her and you don't try and develop all the other characters to make them as detailed as Sandra, which that's where you end up feeling that you're in an episode of a television where everybody is going and we're going to see them in episode two and meet them more, but actually stick with her, stay close. And I think that that really would be the biggest shift along the way to, 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 yeah, that's the, the process, the sort of alchemy, the refinement of it. That specific core case as well was very difficult to watch because like that as well, these people are so powerful and so charming. They twist things in specific ways. Like, so I just felt like it nailed every detail authentically. And if not like to the letter emotionally, authentically. So, you know, Claire had really done her research, not just through her friend, but she'd also, um, you know, we'd both spoken to judges and she had worked with women's aid and, I think I think she really, really had gone deeply into um, the procedure um, and and the experience of women who'd been through this. Um, and yeah, we wanted that to feel that there wasn't a single kind of received idea about what how this is, but that this could really be happening. And I was going to say, is it tough to sit in themes and processes like that for the course of a feature? Like as, you know... I think think you feel like you are, you know, you're, I think, pushing Claire through some of that. You know, sometimes you're, you're kind of lifting her through it, but occasionally you feel you are with an actor. You know, you want them to go right to the edge right to the brink and um so sometimes i felt like my god that you are watching somebody truly suffering in front of your eyes and that that was um that was painful um sometimes we had to go for a guinness to just recover our senses but that was no hardship in that city yeah and Anyway, so totally on. <laughs> everyone should go see this film in the cinema. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Okay. So, we have, um, across uh, Ireland and the UK, herself will be on, in cinemas 
Well, thank you so much. That's brilliant. <laughs> nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Okay. Bye. 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 Good luck. Bye. Bye.